0: beautiful niceness do you have for us today
1: <laughs>
0: as if i didn't talk to you five minutes ago
1: it's true well to the listeners it was like a week ago so a week ago yes well, welcome man, back i don't know how that's gonna work but we'll we'll, we'll get sidebar that anyway um <laughs> I'm <gonna edit> that <laughs> up. i uh okay so if you've heard of the Cougar Chronicle, and it's not It's not the You know A chronicle of cougars uh, Like women Over a certain age That are looking For men Oh my god No oh, No Craig. It's It's the BYU Newsletter Or something I don't know So it's, it's
0: can, can I just tell you I went to a high school That was based on BYU Because we had the same colors And we were the cougars
1: Yeah Lovely I Yeah love that.
0: I hate <laughs> it I hate it
1: <laughs> Well, mine shot was Cougar's too, but we our colors were black and gold. So No,
0: no yeah, definitely blue and white. And uh, we had a stuffed Cougar
1: <laughs>
0: in the atrium of my high school, which uh, was actually roadkill because somebody hit it with their car.
1: Oh. <laughs> and then they taxidermied it for the school. So. We had a taxidermied Cougar in ours too. I don't know if yeah. it was roadkill, but we had it. And then we also, right when I was... I didn't graduate from that high school and we moved up to Idaho after, you know, anyway. But the, and then I became a Trojan. So (laughs) there, um, there's a lot
0: back there. We'll just let it go.
1: But, um, (laughs) (laughs) I was, let's see. So they had, somebody had donated somebody, he was like an alumni and he was like a sculptor, like an artist. And he, um, donated this statue of a cougar and it was like those pictures of like have you seen a fucking cougar dude like <laughs> like the head was really small and the body was like it's just really not proportionate for some reason and then also it had the gay paw like it was doing like this like a little little,
0: doop, little
1: no no yeah. stop, stop stop
0: it, it. i'm a, i'm up a... Puma.
1: <laughs> Puma.
0: Dying.
1: Oh, so Wow. Like, wow, this is we feel really like uh cougar pride, you know. Anyway, so oh, cougar <laughs> pride because it's a, it's
0: uh,
1: a I didn't do that on purpose, but it kind of fit anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> the Cougar Chronicle. <laughs> uh is a independently run student newspaper at byu uh this is from their website it says our mission is to articulate and spread the conservative perspective through the lens of the gospel of jesus christ on byu campus can you imagine just uh so out where this is pers- get, uh, yeah oh god They do say we are not affiliated with BYU or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. However, we wish to hold the standards and principles established in these institutions.
0: Yeah, because if you don't, you're going to get kicked out of school, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, they have to say that, but also, these are all echoes of Mm -hmm. the doctrine. And it's all, like, even though they say they're not affiliated with it, it's still very much, uh, it's from... No. It's it's coming from somewhere. You know, it's not yeah. just, oh, we're just going to, these are our own ideas. No, this is, yeah. this is, you're saying what the church would like to say. You're
0: just <laughs> regurgitating it, yeah. Because yeah. if it was like a liberal, that would get shut down so quickly and those students would be kicked out of school. So, yeah. we know how they roll.
1: Yep. So, this one, let's see, this lovely article that we're going to read. I don't know who wrote this. Do I want to, It was by the senior contributor and managing editor at the Cougar Chronicle, Jacob Christensen. Uh all right.
0: Got my notebook <laughs> ready just to... uh <laughs> uh
1: so this is about a BYU professor. Uh okay I'll just I'll just I don't want to give it away yet. So um okay. on Thursday, March thirtieth, a BYU professor revealed to her S.F.L. 200, the eternal family Class that her eight-year-old son Was diagnosed with gender dysphoria After And this is in quotes too Diagnosed with gender dysphoria As if it's like not a Like we had, oh, she just made this thing up, right? So after taking him to a professional As he would frequently, frequently play with Barbies And dress in girls' clothes So I'm going to Uh add an addendum here in that i'm just reading quotes of this they are definitely misgendering this child Mm -hmm. throughout this whole article and they're doing that on purpose Mm -hmm. so um this is it's very icky but yeah so and how old is
0: this child
1: eight eight years old so yeah um i knew you would have Thoughts and feelings about this. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm already. I'm already.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh what are your initial thoughts? <laughs>
0: um anybody can play with Barbies and wear dresses.
1: That's fucking right.
0: Clothing and toys don't have a gender. Sorry, I'm gonna say it until I'm blue in the face. A boy can play with a Barbie, a girl can play with a truck. Everybody needs to fuck off with your gender norms. Have you heard about that?
1: so there's also this um thing of these conservative women are saying, I was a tomboy and as a child and I played with trucks and blah blah blah. I didn't want to be a man. I'm like, okay, cool, but like I don't know. I do think it's more socially acceptable for a girl to play with a trucks. A girl to
0: play with trucks, yeah.
1: Than for yeah. a boy to play with like um like makeup and Barbies and you know dresses and stuff that's and that's a social construct that is very toxic and doesn't need to be there and I agree wholeheartedly because I was a boy mm-hmm. that played with trucks and I don't know with Barbies and mm-hmm. I like to dress up in little I would twirl around in my sister's dresses and you know that kind of stuff so I yeah. You know,
0: uh, I just I don't understand the thought process of like My son, who loves princess dresses and rainbows and unicorns, I could not understand looking at him and being like, this is something that needs to have a professional look at. Like, I just don't get where that thought process even comes from. He's four. I've said it before, and I just said this to my father three days ago, that chances are he's going to grow out of this whatever this is. There's a very likelihood that he's going to grow out of it and he's going to not want to wear dresses two years from now, but he's going to remember that his dad and his mom supported whatever made him happy. And Mm -hmm. that's more fucking important to me than anything is that my kids know that I have their back no matter what. I just could not imagine taking my little boy who I love so much and taking him to professional saying, fix this.
1: Yeah. Like I I just I I no, I agree. The I still have vivid memories of my parents and of my aunts and uncles saying shit about me playing with Barbies and like and it was like and like in a mocking tone and also when I came out, I think I've mentioned this before, one of my aunts said that's what they get from letting him play with Barbies when he was a kid and oh. so Yeah. No, like
0: I dressed up my cousin in dresses, like to the point where it was like probably like inappropriate (laughs) age wise (laughs) of putting makeup on him and like (laughs) torturing him. Yeah. I mean I should probably see somebody about that. But anyways, he has (laughs) three kids. He's married to a woman. He's a he runs a farm. Like he's the most manliest man. Yeah. He just also knows how to like do a nice cat eye. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like you know what I mean? Like it just it drives me crazy that People think you can make somebody gay. Like, it's 2023 and we still have this mentality of, like, this will make your child gay. Like, no. Or Or transgender. Or gender dysphoria. What the fuck is that?
1: Like. I mean, gender dysphoria is real. But it's also, like, you can't, um, like, just putting, like, we've been saying, like, you can't just say, like, oh, automatically because that, that that child's wearing a dress and it's uh, biologically a boy you're grooming them and you're you know you're this is yeah that's that's a whole conversation that's happening a lot these days i don't
0: understand it like my son has spider-man iron man the hulk we have legend of zelda costumes and we also have princess costumes he just chooses every once in a while like Mostly because his big brother is playing Legend of Zelda and pretending to be Link. And so he puts on a dress and is Zelda. Like, that just makes sense to him. It's not the fact that he's... Oh, my God. I can't. I can't. I can't. Sorry. I'm
1: I'm already in my feelings about this. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the show, Dusty.
0: (laughs) I missed it so much. I've had a lot of rage inside of me and I didn't know why.
1: Uh, All right. So, according to our sources throughout the class, Professor Sarah Coyne presented photos of her son doing such things as evidence of his gender dysphoria. Uh, Julie Jarvis, a junior at BYU, described herself as shocked and saddened by the class. Julie added as someone studying families and hoping to work with children both professionally and personally for the rest of my life my heart went out to this little boy and all those like him whose parents are confusing them in the most destructive way uh, fuck right, right off Julie like um and also being shocked and saddened and like I'm just like okay wait so like she's showing you that she's like accepting of her child that is transgender and is expressing themselves as the gender that they feel comfortable with.
0: It's so ridiculous. Oh, it's so
1: ridiculous. I don't want Julie Jarvis to work with my family.
0: Yeah. Like I, Julie, you would not be my first choice. You would not be my fifth choice of who to work with my child in any sort of capacity.
1: Uh, So coin the BYU professor concluded the class by inviting everyone to sing the children's hymn "I'll Walk with You" while continuing to present the slides of her young cross-dressing son. Isn't oh disgusting how they're talking god. about this. He's not.
0: <laughs> he's not cross-dressing. Oh my god. Oh my god.
1: No. Yeah. No. Sh- um. They. It's her. Her transgendered daughter <laughs> so it's
0: dressing in clothes right. and again clothes don't have a gender yeah yeah so it's just a child playing and what they feel comfortable oh my
1: god yeah uh notably the hymn describes a child walking with someone who feels left out as a demonstration of their christ-like love towards others oh interesting so, mm. she's trying to present, like, let's accept everybody and love mm. everybody as Jesus would. And they're taking it as being shocked and saddened that you're, she's promoting. She's um,
0: grooming. She's grooming her child by allowing them to, to express themselves in a way that makes them feel comfortable.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <sighs> Julie, again, told of her confusion about the singing and stated, There were students crying and hugging while I sat in shock, still trying to wrap my mind around what was so casually presented to us. Another student noticed I wasn't singing and asked what was wrong. When I pointed out that she had, in essence, told us that her son was was transgender, he was surprised. He, like so many others in the class, had been distracted by the professor's virtue signaling and didn't even realize what had been shown and taught to us not five minutes prior. Julie can fuck right off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I-, I love how she's trying to present, the professor is trying to present like, hey, let's not judge. Let's love everybody. Let's be Christ-like. And this one fucking student is like, mm-mm, mm-mm. That is so wrong. Like, fuck off, Julie.
1: Yeah, and also this is a 200-level class that uh, on the Eternal Family. So she's Trying to present that not all families look the same.
0: Yeah. Which is legit. Not all families do look the
1: same. Yeah. Huh. Uh, let's see. In subsequent, class, subsequent classes, she continued to describe herself as the parent of a transgender child, also referring to her son as they. So, uh, in July tw- 2021, BYU News reported on this professor's groundbreaking groundbreaking research which found that children who engaged with princess culture were more likely to later hold out hold progressive views about women and subscribe less to attitudes of hegemonic masculinity and i was thinking about this when you were talking about that like that they um oh what like it's the same mentality of like boys shouldn't be taking like crafting classes and home ec classes and like learning how to uh take care of a baby and learning how to do you know those kind of things that are quote unquote women's responsibilities mm-hmm. it's that whole like the conservative notion that men- women belong in the kitchen and they belong in the home doing homemaking things there's very very binary gender norms you know and mm-hmm. like, and the men should be and i like this speaks to me because i'm just like i was the kid that wanted to just stay at home with my mom and like I also like to go shopping and I like to do, you know, I preferred to just, I didn't like to go out and get my hands dirty and mm-hmm. do all that stuff, you know. And,
0: um, see, and I, I was the kid, I still hate shopping.
1: I <laughs> don't like
0: sitting sewing. Mm-hmm. I loved being in the shop with my dad. I love using power tools. I loved riding motorcycles with my dad. I was always out doing, like, I just, I, <sighs> yeah.
1: And it's also, um, the idea that, Oh what so your your child, your even if it's a even if your son so say your son grows up to be straight, but you've um you've taught him to be you know, he's heterosexual sensitive, sensitive to his, you know, his one day wife, sensitive to her needs, sensitive and also like he's gonna pick up the tasks of like there's gonna be a shared there's not gonna be gender norms in the household because he knows that everybody's human and we're all just gonna just Pitch in together. We're just, we're a team. And I don't know if I'm saying what I want to say, but like, I think of, so it's just a very old, archaic. It's very,
0: yeah, it's very much so. Like, our, my sons know, like, Pat does his, his laundry in the basement because it's usually quite dirty and we have older machines in the basement. So yeah. he normally does his own laundry in the basement. And one day he came up and he had a big basket and he was like, hey, Dusty, could you help me fold this laundry? And my sons were like, you're supposed to fold your own laundry. What do you do? Like, they were giving oh, them a hard oh, time okay, about it, yeah. right? Like, do your own laundry. And I was like. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, but sometimes we help in our family and we help somebody else do their chores, right? So.
1: Um, okay. So, Coin and her study have been covered by SWIC Media. S- um, C-W-I-C Media. I don't know. Additionally, th- I'd hate that they're like, oh, this is getting out there. And this is, um, anyway. Additionally, a Reddit post on uh, BYU, a BYU channel uh, on Reddit from June 2021 described her as having a queer child. As if that's, oh my god, no. Um, <sighs> it is unclear as to whether the student was referencing the young boy, ugh, stop it, from the last month's class or another child. Uh, SLF 200 fulfills the Eternal Family family Religious Course required by BYU and is also offered as a religious elective class. Uh, The class intends to teach the Family Proclamation. Teachings of Latter-day Prophets and Relationship Science shown to contribute to the formation of healthy marriages and families. What they're leaving out there is that they're leaving out the science, basically, of that families, not all families look the same. And that's like in psychology we're looking. we I'm learning that like mm-hmm. and it, you know even just being a fucking normal person is just like yeah not all families look the same there's yeah. single mothers there's single fathers there's two moms there's two dads there's stay-at-home you know, dads stay-at-home working dads. moms yeah yeah there's um the world long doesn't
0: look like it did in 1950
1: yeah yeah um
0: like it just it drives me crazy cuz I mean, I've gotten shit over the years about, like, well, you stay at home. It's because what's the alternative? And let's look at the alternative. I wasn't making enough in my career to pay for childcare. I would lose money every month in order to pay for my childcare with what my current job was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My husband works out of town a lot. So it makes more sense for our family for me to stay in the home. Mm-hmm raising children does that mean that he i do every single little task for him i mean
1: sometimes
0: (laughs) (laughs) but like there's no there's no expectation of like this is my job like this is what works for our family and i just don't i get really upset when people are like well that's what you're supposed to do you know what i mean like
1: they try to fit you into this little cookie cutter you know that everybody needs to be this way
0: yeah Yeah. and just because it works for us right now doesn't mean that's how it's always going to work like you know I just it drives me
1: I don't know well and when I was living with my parents for a few months as a grown-ass man (laughs) it was just like (laughs) I'd get home and I'm my mom would be like she'd get so stressed that like she didn't, if she didn't have dinner ready or like something because when my dad would get home and that was how my mm-hmm. whole life was like she ha- she had to have dinner ready for my dad at
0: when he know, got home
1: when he got home yeah and they're both retired now and she still has that mentality of like i gotta have dinner ready for him at a certain time and all this stuff and i get it like she's been conditioned you know that, mm-hmm. that that's all you know and it works for them you know and i that's fine that traditional value for them is good you know it works for them yeah. but also it's just like he and then it, like oh maybe i shouldn't go on this rant but it's just like he would also just put his fucking dishes in the sink while the and like it was up to me and my mom and my little sister to do the dishes he never would, yeah. t- he would put the dishes in the sink and then just go sit down
0: and do whatever yeah
1: and do whatever he'd fuck off for, you yeah. know like we had, we had to clean the kitchen and I was like, that doesn't make s- like
0: That doesn't make sense, yeah. Like, yesterday, so we'd been, we just talked about this in the previous episode, but I'd been out all day with the boys. It was pouring rain. We were cold and wet, and I wasn't feeling great. And Pat came home because he had <clears throat> worked or whatever. And he saw us all, like, we were all bundled up trying to warm up. We were playing. I was playing a video game. The boys were playing with trucks and stuff. And he was like, ooh, What's going on in here? And I was like, oh, we just had a rough day. He's like, sweet. I'm ordering. Skip the dishes for dinner. Like, Uh, he takes the initiative. Like, he doesn't, like, he didn't come in saying, like, what's for supper? Why isn't supper ready? You know what I mean? Like, it's a partnership more than a, I don't know. And, like, he'll, he's mopped the kitchen just as many times this week as I have. Like, it's just, it's. (laughs) And I think that's what kids need to see. Kids need to see that just because you have a penis doesn't mean that you get to boss a woman around and tell her, you know, and make her do the work.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, a human man being able to, like, be sufficient by himself without a woman taking care of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, I speaking like as a gay man, I'm just like and as a. Like I live by myself, so yeah. everything's on me. Like if mm-hmm. I have, like, cl- clean, the if my kitchen's dirty, that's fine, that's on me. But like, I keep thinking about like what my, you know, what I want my partnership, future partnership to look like. And I was like, I want it to be very much like we just do what we can. We pick each other's mm-hmm. up, up, pick e- up each other's where slack. You know, like if mm-hmm. if the if my partner's feeling down and doesn't want to, you know doesn't want to clean or you know whatever i'll clean it's fine it's not it's not a 50 50 it's a everybody's giving what they can
0: yeah yeah Yeah, you both give 100 percent, and then you have no problems right like the floor was sticky the other night and i where was i i don't even know where i was i think i was in the shower and i came down and pat had been mopping the floor because the floor was sticky and needed to be mopped it wasn't a hey you need to mop the floor Mm-hmm. Or an expectation. Y- you know, I, I just, it drives me crazy when people act like men and women being able to do the same tasks is something bad. Yeah. You know?
1: You know what I just thought about? This is mm-hmm. going to be um, Mother's Day, at least mm-hmm. in America. I don't know if it's for you guys.
0: Is yeah, this- we have the same as yours, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, I have to make sure, because I- <laughs> listeners, I had to ask uh, if uh, Dusty had the same traffic lights as us <laughs> you I never was like
0: know. you never
1: know <laughs> <laughs> like I just feel like Canada is this like magical land that just doesn't have like we you just know, have
0: like, a beaver standing with the stop sign
1: I knew it I knew it that's yeah. what I was picturing actually and, mm-hmm. and then they have a moose the moose is doing like the the red light green lights it's yeah like, Red so light, mm, green light, mm, with this little mm. Mm. "you go, <laughs> don't go, bitch," you know. Yeah, and, and, yeah totally. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then you got geese for your um your police, po- your police officers. The geese,
0: yeah, the geese just there. hunt down the criminals, Biting. bite them.
1: <laughs>
0: hissy little faces. <laughs>
1: anyway, uh, so Mother's Day is coming up, and by the time this releases, I think is mother's day will have been just a few days ago so like the it's weird to think about but the um future and the past and the time is
0: time is a construct it's fine
1: yeah (laughs) um but like i always think of like uh mother's day at in the mormon church and how it's always like a big deal, like, oh, we talk about mothers all day on that Sunday, you know, and you give, pass around flowers and you give mm. all this stuff, and then, um, and yeah, it's great recognizing the fo- mothers, you know, but, like, I feel like that's, it's good. Yeah, mother's Day is great, but then I think about, like, the infertile women that are, you know, and, like, people that, and then also thinking of, like, different families and how, like, the that whole construct of, uh, let's, they make this big deal about mm-hmm. mothers, but then they also, at the same time, turn around and, like, treat women like they're lesser. But, oh, we gave them a day. <laughs> yeah. We gave them little little flowers. We flour. gave them
0: a flower that's going to die in a week,
1: yeah. 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 And we made them feel good for a day. And, oh, oh, and the kids did breakfast, and the, the dad did the dishes for, for Mother's Day. But mm. then... Then the rest of the the other 364 days of the year, they're little assholes to the mom and treat mm-hmm. her like shit.
0: But mm-hmm. they gave her
1: a day. <laughs>
0: and more often than not, it's the kids made breakfast and everything's just left undone. And so mom has to catch up the next day because it's yep. not Mother's Day and she has to take care of the mess that was left for her.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, that was a digression I did not expect to go on, but it just kind of fits with this. It does. It definitely
0: <laughs> does fit. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's see, so Continuing on this bullshit I I feel icky even just reading any of this But Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints States in its general handbook that the Intended meaning of gender In a family proclamation is biological sex At birth And therefore is an eternal characteristic And then Okay, so I was okay. told literally Um, <laughs> and Twitter Mormons are just, they're evil and Terrible, but like
0: Oh, they're the worst I, of the
1: worst Um like they hide behind these like um troll accounts you know and they just mm-hmm. I hate getting into arguments with them and I'm going to actually like put more distance because it's not really good for my mental health but the um it's kind of fun sometimes especially when I'm drunk though um <laughs> but the, <laughs> but this one like we got on to talking about the family proclamation and i said it's anti trans like it's an and it's very um i made that Point right there, and they like it says gender is uh, you know eternal and all this stuff, and it goes totally against science, it goes totally against like what we've learned about transgenderism. Mm-hmm. And this person was like, I don't see where I did. I'm like, How do you not see it? Like, how do you not see it? Please tell me how you're not seeing
0: it. It's like it's a perfect a example of like cognitive dissonance, of like it's written in black and white, and they cannot see it, yeah, or exactly. is they're just willfully choosing to be an asshole.
1: Yeah, exactly. I would assume that they're just willfully ignorant. But mm. um, uh, members are counseled against social transitioning or presenting oneself as other than his or her biological sex at birth. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I, so
0: what about the like population of people who genetically have both chromosomes? Like, what about... Those types of people, they just yeah. don't fit. So what do they do?
1: Exactly. Also, those people, uh those individuals, uh, they don't get a choice. The yeah. people, the doctors usually make the choice or the parents make the choice. They like, would they usually pick which one they want? Which to, one? It, yeah. That's very problematic because sometimes it's not the correct one.
0: It's not the right one. They might. Yeah. Yeah. They may. You know, uh, yeah. And it happened. It's not like this thing that never has happened ever before like it's something that does happen
1: there are genetic um what is outliers that Mm -hmm. don't fit into the binary Mm -hmm. and i just saw this video about this that showed how this guy um kind of paint that picture of just how you have um certain people like to fit into this like you have what is it the i've been getting into statistics more especially with like psychology and stuff but like Mm -hmm. there's um the he shows like basically the the two humps and those basically represent the two like the the people that fit into the binary you know Mm -hmm. and then then he shades in there's he explains it way better than i will but like he shades in these like very like um there's actually kind of big portions of people that are being completely ignored by laws, by religions, and by, um, that are just, but they exist. These are humans that exist that are being completely ignored and being mistreated because they don't fit into the binary. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, um, it was just a beautiful way of like expressing like a very um, scientific way That we can actually point to and say ah truth it's actual fact like
0: yeah
1: it's not just faith and like this bullshit of like this family proclamation that came out in 1995 that says gender is an eternal construct
0: yeah Yeah. which I just I mean the Mormon church is never going to look at science unless it backs them up like they've scientifically scientifically have disproven so many things about the book of Mormon and but they just choose to be like, that's where we have to take it on faith.
1: Like, yeah.
0: No, no. It drives me crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we're leaving that. That was the end of that fucking article. Um, sorry, listeners, that that was, was kind of... But I feel icky. Um, but this is from... It kind of... It Just... I didn't even plan on this when I first we first started talking about it because I'm we're a professional (laughs) (laughs) I do research so well um I had read this thing about this um I don't know if you remember Chico Okazaki
0: oh that sounds familiar
1: she was a relief society she was in the leadership for like in the 90s okay I don't know exactly what she was it might say in this thing that I'm about to read. <laughs> I'm really good at this. Um, let's see, I can look it up real quick. Chico. Okay. She served as first counselor to Elaine L. Jack in the Relief Society General Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. From 1990 to 1997, she was the first person of color to serve in an LDS Church General Organization presidency, as well as the first woman to serve in all three of the women-led organizations at a general church level, the General Boards of the Young Women, and Primary, along with Relief Society.
0: So she was very token.
1: That's good. Yeah, Yeah. she was probably one of the first tokens. She was uh, born and raised in Hawaii as a Buddhist, the daughter of Hawaiian-born parents of Japanese descent. As a child, her mother, Hatsuko Nishimura, sorry if I pronounce Hatsuko, anyway, uh, taught her the principle of Kigatsuku, or doing what you know you should be doing without being told to do it. At the age of 15, after attending church meetings for some four years, she was baptized into the LDS church. Professionally, she was an educator and taught in Hawaii, Utah, and Colorado, and was also an elementary school principal. But I remember her being like... I remember quotes, you know, like she would give mm-hmm. quotes, you know, a lot Yeah, of like
0: her name quotes. sounds familiar to me.
1: Yeah. Uh a lot of women liked her because she was um, probably one of the first ones that was like a memorable figure of women in mm-hmm. the church. Um all right, so this is from the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, archived article that was published in 2015. And inter- information in the article may be outdated. It's provided only for the personal, personal research purposes and may not be re- anyway. Whatever. Uh, as, so this is a uh, by Peggy Fletcher Stack. <laughs> um, she sounds familiar. Why does she sound familiar?
0: That sounds familiar to me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, it says after 20 years, Mormonism's Family Proclamation is quoted, praised, parsed, and politic. As Mormon women gathered for a General Relief Society meeting in September 1995, no one was expecting to hear then President Gordon B. Hinckley announce what he said was a Latter day Proclamation, a carefully worded document defending traditional male female marriage. And few could have predicted how lauded and in some quarters lamented that the family proclamation, that the family proclamation of the world would become in the two decades since, how often it would be quoted from the LDS pulpit in court cases and even at the Vatican. Was the central role it would play in debates about same-sex marriage. Who, too, could have guessed that millions of Mormon homes would have framed pic- images of the iconic text on their walls like statement art? Ugh. I was given a... My mom gave me a family proclamation uh as a gift. Yeah, like,
0: we were given oh, one, my ex-husband think? and I, in a frame.
1: Yeah. I had to memorize it for my mission.
0: Ugh.
1: Yep. To this day, I can remember parts of it like and if i hear it i'm like yep yep, no it's all in there love that for me Uh, (laughs) let's see after all in its 185 year history the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints had issued only four proclamations before the family and the previous ones were largely unknown to most members what those listening on that fall evening wondered is a proclamation Sure, it spells out the Utah based faith's long standing views on the internal importance of marriage between a man and a woman on roles of her husbands and wives and on the family as central, as central to God's plan for humanity. It also declares that gender is an essential internal aspect of identity and that family relations, relationships can persist beyond the grave. Uh, let's see. Uh, the proclamation was signed by the church's highest governing bodies, the church three-member First Presidency, and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So it's basically – and the thing is, it's funny to me, is that they still – they count it as doctrine, but they also don't won't put it into the DNC because it actually contradicts the DNC. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. if they do it, DNC – what is it, 132? 132, 132. That has polygamy. They can't mm-hmm. actually say – Oh well, that just
0: so <laughs> drives me crazy. It's like they are so like bold-faced contradictory to themselves, but just like don't acknowledge it. And if you call it out, it's like this. It
1: then it's just oh, you're just an angry ex-Mormon. Yeah. Better to do, and you're lazy learner. You didn't know your doctrine, and you had no testimony, and blah 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 blah. All that bullshit that we keep hearing. Right. Yeah. <sighs> and then I, I find know. a numb, happy spot in my brain And I'm like, just go there for a minute Just go there for. And
0: this is why I drink,
1: <laughs> yeah. I drink. There are not enough drinks in the world For this, to deal with these people um, Let's Literally. see The document doesn't mention never married, divorced, childless Or gay Mormons, saying only disability, death Or other circumstances may necessitate in- Individual adaptation uh, those emissions have an increasing number of Latter-day Saints wondering how they fit into the model. Huh. So they all don't fit into the mold. So there's the so is the proclamation specific wording or revelation scripture prophecy creed wise advice official doctrine or just a just a concise summary of Mormon teachings LDS Apostle uh, Melvin Russell Ballard. Uh, I put the Melvin in there. <laughs> Master Master Betty Melvin.
0: Melvin.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: he, <laughs> Shout out to Katie and Sarah (laughs) Uh,
1: Melvin Masturbating Melvin called the proclamation A prophetic document not only Because it is issued by prophets But because it was ahead of its time That's all I have to say Barf Yeah. Uh, Well and that was one of the things When I was mentioning that um, That Twitter Mormon that was talking about family proclamation and they were saying oh well look at the family proclamation now we're seeing it in real time this is revelation I'm like mm, no <laughs> new uh in 2010 the late boyd k Packer, eh, Packer, then senior apostle said the 1995 statement qualifies according to scriptural definition as a revelation mm. that that descriptive phrase was later removed leading the <laughs> Eh, they changed their minds. Weird.
0: Mm, strange. <laughs> strange. Wait, uh, was he talking as a prophet or was he talking as a man? <laughs>
1: uh, that descriptive phrase was later removed, leaving the proclamation described as a guide that members of the church would do well to read and to follow. So it's just a guide. It's just... But they keep... <laughs> they just have it on their wall. Yeah. You know, everywhere. And then they also have classes on it and they teach from it and You know, but it's just a guide. It's just just a
0: guide, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (sighs) How to be bigoted a guide.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How it came to be. So this is what I was trying to get to. I just kinda to the notion of writing a single document to detail LDS teachings about the family arose from reaction to UN conferences on women, especially meetings in China and Egypt. Some of our people were there. I read the proceedings that Packer told Mormon educators at a CES gathering in 2003. It was at a conference on the family, but marriage was not even mentioned. Those were the same UN confabs that propelled the late Brigham Young University law professor Richard Wilkins to join forces with the Illinois-based Howard Center for Family, Religion, and Society in creating the World Congress of Families. Uh, the LDS Church's Relief Society became one of the group's sponsors, and several high Mormon officials spoke at its international conferences. When the group meets in Salt Lake City later this month, I don't know when that, anyway, but in 2015, Apostle Ballard is on the program. Ooh, barf.
0: This just brought back a crazy memory. When I was in high school, there was a group of teenagers who worked with this um, local singer. They created a through song presentation to take to the UN about the proclamation to the family. I'm just remembering this now. And there was a couple of kids from my ward who were part of this, who went to the UN and presented a proclamation to the family through song. <laughs>
1: to- <laughs> Sorry. I'm just picturing like a, like a, um, like I keep thinking of like Saturday's warrior. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, like-, like- that kind of presentation. Interpretive like, dance. I don't yeah. know.
0: I don't know what they <laughs> did. Because I never actually went to. Like they did it at a fireside. And I never went to it. Mostly because like one of the girls in it was like awful. I mean, we, I think we still hate each other. We've run into each other as adults. And it's been like hi. Hi. <laughs> and that's it.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but anyways.
0: It's all coming back to me now. that They they back. went to like New York. And it's all coming back. Yeah. Anyways. They yeah. They presented like the proclamation of the family to some congregation at the UN in New York city. And I remember being really annoyed that this bitch that I hated from school (laughs) got to go to New York and sing. (laughs) Anyways, that's just a totally random memory that I just had. So do with it what you will. And if you're still (laughs) listening out there, I'm sorry that I hated you in high school. (laughs) I think she's still probably in, though, so (laughs) whatever. (laughs) 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 I love it. I don't even remember why we hated each other. I have no idea. It was, like, one of those things where I thought we were friends and then, like, because I'm from a very small town, there was, like, I don't know, eight girls and so we were all, like, friends, I thought, and then once we got to high school, it was, like, the claws came out and oh. she hated me and had hated me her entire life. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate you too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh,
1: doings mutual, bitch. Right? <laughs> I
0: know. I don't even remember why I didn't like her. I think I just didn't like her. Because <laughs> I was a bitchy little white kid, probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Uh, Anyways, there's my memory. Thanks for coming on that trip with me, everybody.
1: I loved it. Yes. Uh, (laughs) The Congress was seeking to counter UN positions that it viewed as anti-family. The Howard Center's Alan Carlson said at the time, in recent years, the human family has been ignored and abused, particularly in certain international assemblies. We were trying to make a positive case. Meanwhile, the fight to legalize same-sex marriage was heating up. Activists in Hawaii and other states were launching a push. Ultimately, it is unclear whether the proclamation was prompted by legal, social, or religious concerns. What is evident is that the faith female leaders who would be speaking at the 1995 General Relief Society meeting were not involved. Did you know that? I mean... No. I mean, it's it's not
0: surprising,
1: surprising, but... but no, this is this is where it gets good. Okay, so um, this is, so remember Chico Okazaki,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Uh, the Relief Society General Presidency was asked to come to a meeting. We did, and they read this proclamation. It was all finished. The late Chico Okazaki told Dialogue, a journal of Mormon thought. The only question was whether they would should present it at the Priesthood meeting or at the Relief Society meeting. It didn't matter <laughs> to me where it was presented. What I wanted to know was, how come we weren't consulted?
0: What? If it concerns... Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If it concerns the whole family, why not present it in general conference where the general population is sitting listening to you old farts?
1: yeah exactly oh
0: my God, and yeah, why weren't they consulted if it had the woman is like isn't it the w- mother is the center of the family, and she holds the family together, and that's our our calling as a woman is to be the- f-
1: oh my god uh, yeah, uh okazaki, then first counselor in the relief society general presidency, wished the male leaders had sought her input,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, you think I just uh, not so surprised.
0: Just no, not I'm not shocked. I'm the fact that it was a bunch of white men that wrote the pro- Proclamation to the Family and had no female male input is not surprising to me at all.
1: Yeah. No. no. Uh, she said, as I read it, I thought that we could have made a few changes in it. Ugh, you think? <laughs> Since then, affirming the Family pro- Proclamation has become a proof of loyalty, one the General Conference speakers have seized upon, said Christian Anderson, an LDS researcher in Carlsbad, California, citing it nearly three times more than any verse of scripture since it was first read.
0: See, and that's the thing. But we, they not. call themselves the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They never talk about Christ. Never. never. They talk about Joseph Smith. They, they quote C.S. Lewis. They read from the proclamation to the family. They are not about Jesus's teachings. They're not.
1: No, absolutely not. <sighs> Seated <sighs> <So, He did. laughs> in the basement. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ah! <laughs> ah. I've loved Ragey Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> I... <laughs> uh so w- so why did it become so prominent among Latter Day Saints? or th- white men. <laughs> yeah, because it said what they it uh, reaffirmed what they wanted. Um. So I don't know if this because I'm such a professional I'm not sure if this gets into it but Okazaki and like the other like relief society presidency was planning on doing a completely different like speech and proclamation and it was basically going basically going to talk about how families all look different
0: Oh, uh, so they just usurped them and got in there first and released their mail.
1: Mhm. Yep. I wonder, like the the whole the whole church would be different now if they had done that instead of this. Mhm. Yeah. So. Uh, Before the document became a Mormon household word, Bonnie L. Oscarson, president of the church's Young Women Organization, said in March, not many members realized how very desperately we would need these basic declarations in today's world as the criteria by which we would judge each new wind of worldly dogma coming at us from the media, the internet, scholars, TV and films, and even legislators. The proclamation on the family has become our benchmark for judging the philosophies of the world." Fuck you, Bonnie. <laughs>
0: okay, Bonnie. Whatever you say.
1: Uh, Rosalind Welch, an LDS writer and blogger in St. Louis, echoed that sentiment. The proclamation is quasi scripture, clearly written in modern English and addressed directly to modern lives. That's a rarity in the LDS canon, which is rendered in archaic English and its doctrine is often entangled in remote historical circumstances. Because he made it all up. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> there, there also uh, is the sense, especially during the past few years, she said that the LDS Church is entering a wilderness period where it will be estranged from mainstream American social norms in new ways. Oh, because they're bigoted and, <laughs> like, the wilderness. And, oh, uh, my God. Oh, that's, the, that's that um, persecution complex coming out. Yeah. Little, and that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody against us, but mm-hmm. we're still standing strong with our bigoted beliefs. It's fine. You just hate us because you ain't us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you hate us because you hate us. <laughs> <So good. sighs> oh, I love it so much. That's perfection. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I can't. I just
1: can't. I just, oh. I just can't yeah Welsh believes that the proclamation is prophetic in the Old Testament sense of the word as an increasingly marginalized voice bearing an unpopular warning
0: an unpopular have you looked at your country lately
1: yeah, yeah, like <laughs>
0: oh my. God. Like they act like, oh, we're so we're so hard done by when like the majority of the assholes agree with you. That's the problem. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. (sighs) yeah. (laughs) Philip Barlow, Leonard Arlington Chairman of Mormon History and Culture at Utah State University, is also aware of modern dangers. Uh, and applauds the LDS Church's efforts to promote and protect the idea of families. Uh, There really is an enhanced threat to intact families in contemporary culture. One does not need to be LDS to understand that a rise in broken families has consequences, including lower rates of education for children and increased rates of poverty. God damn it. As with other aspects of religion, however, it is possible to take a lovely principle of eternal relationships and transmogrify... Transmogrify it into a species of idolatry. Barlow oh god. just fuck right off, because I don't. Oh my god! First of all, using big old words that is whatever. Um, in the early LDS Church, the scholar said Mormons, as well as lots of other Americans, had a wider sense of family that included, for example, multi generations, adoptions, and biologically unrelated friends. They weren't yeah, friends. like your ever. uncle Jake, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, biologically unrelated friends—they were—they were just roommates, you know, special friends. <laughs> oh. oh, now I understand. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> uh, or, yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> just
0: sometimes, I just wonder why <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh
1: uh mormon founder joseph smith was all about relationships yeah he was with oh
0: smith. yeah he was yeah he loved all those all of them
1: mm-hmm. melding using linking oh god sealing binding these became critical to his theological vocabulary uh-huh in the last years of his career <laughs> I feel icky <laughs> Dusty's just looking around like um, uh, <laughs> <He's> So uncomfortable <laughs> Melding mm.
0: <laughs> I don't like that word <laughs> Him and Franny out in the hay barn Just melding relationships uh!
1: You went there, you went there. I went there, I'm sorry, everybody, you had to, I'm sorry. Uh, The LDS leader who was murdered in 1844 didn't have a small notion of family, the USU historian added, so contemporary Mormons need to ask ourselves, are our modern ideas a shriveled, constricted constricted version of his vision?
0: Yes, yes, they are. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Joseph Smith, but yeah, yeah, he... I mean, you shouldn't marry 14-year-old children um, or other men's wives.
1: Uh, still, some see subtle wording that moves the LDS church away from its own past statements. For example, there's no mention in the proclamation of birth control or the need for big families. <laughs> and yet... <laughs> Your face was priceless after that. Listeners, if I could just get to see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did I did I make that face out loud? Hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. yes,
1: yes. <laughs> uh, though highly conservative, the language of the proclamation broadens the acceptable limits of the ideal LDS family. How? What? No, it doesn't. Uh, Claudia Bushman wrote in her book *Contemporary Mormonism*: Within its parameters, is the assumption that sometimes two incomes may be necessary, and that creative solutions where partners help one another to raise and teach children may be needed. So it's broadened in that women can go work.
0: Yeah, you're allowed to have a job, girls. Get out there, make that money. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but nothing else, like.
0: Mm
1: Uh, whether but, like proclama- make sure
0: you give your paycheck to your husband Because he's your priesthood holder And he will allocate it the way it's supposed to be <laughs> Yes uh,
1: Whether the proclamation is revelatory or reactionary Most observers believe it is likely to play a key role As Mormonism rolls into the future It has and it is and it fucking sucks
0: <laughs>
1: <sighs> Anyway that was that. <laughs> I hate it.
0: Thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. I hate
1: You're it. Welcome. Uh, interesting that. Um, so that like the Relief Society presidency was actually going creating to...
0: creating a document, a
1: document that was going that was basically uh, counter to what the Family Proclamation is, and yeah. then the twelve. Old white men were like, No, 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 we're gonna do this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's revelation, yeah, it's revelation, yeah. and it's not doctrine, it's just a guide. But we're gonna talk about it three times more than other scripture, yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> uh, god, I just and we're gonna screaming. have it on our walls everywhere, yeah. But yep. I guarantee, I guarantee that the regular Mormon, the typical Mormon, like my parents. I guarantee they don't know what it says. No,
0: no. They don't understand it on an actual, like, black and white, line by line, what this document is actually saying.
1: Right. Yeah. They probably study it in church, study, quote unquote. They read from it, but then it just, like, goes in one ear, out the other. They forget about it the next Sunday, and then they move on with their lives, not knowing the harm that it does to Mm -hmm. several communities, several people. Uh, transgender communities. Um, going back to that BYU professor that was uh, talking about her daughter mm-hmm. that was was trans, and how like that's an echo from the Family Proclamation. That mm-hmm. uh, the way the students are reacting to that, to her talking about her her daughter, yeah, is um is straight from the, do- the that
0: document saying that the doc- gender is eternal and that you your gender your biological gender at birth is what you were will be and forevermore
1: mm-hmm. yeah which is also very contradictory because i've been thinking about this whole thing of like oh you're the same always you know your soul whatever you have this spirit world and then you come here and you But then they're saying that, like, you're able to repent and change, but then, like, that that goes against what you're saying, like, that souls are eternal and that your gender is eternal and who you are is eternal, and, like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really jive with, like, if I'm eternally who I was before in the spirit world, then I was gay then, too, and then, but then, well, but then they say, oh, but being gay is a trial that you chose, and I'm like. But, but what it just doesn't. Yeah. Else makes it doesn't make sense. none of it actually. When you think of it logically, none of it actually makes no sense. No. There's so many. It so many fucking loopholes to it. That are just like, wait a second. Did, but you didn't think about this. That doesn't jive with that. And like, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that that meme with the the guy with like all the red string. And he's like going yeah. crazy. He's like pointing at the, all the all the things is like, it doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't. And that's like such a problem. And that's why you can't have like a logical conversation with like members of the LDS church because they create such the mental gymnastics that they create in order to exist in, a, in the world and not see the glaring holes They you can't have a logical conversation because it's not logical. No. Like you just cannot because they can't, They have to cartwheel over these things in order to exist without their brains exploding. And so to sit down and try and logically speak with them, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. And that's also why it takes years to deconstruct Mm -hmm. all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. If not a whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. We're going to be dealing with this for the rest of our lives.
0: rest of our lives, yeah.
1: uh, Unfuck the pathways that have been created in our brains from this. So... Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we can't leave the church alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Believe
0: me if I could. If I could wake up one day without having, like, Latter-day prophets are number one in my head.
1: What was it that I had in my head the other day? I was like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, I would love to be able to. And it just like randomly comes into my brain. And if I could not, if I could have that brain space back, believe me, I would love to, but it takes, it's like a, it's like a fungus that has like wrapped around and you have to slowly peel it out of your brain piece by piece. And that takes work, unfortunately. Yeah. And it takes screaming into a podcast (laughs) (laughs) mic about it.
1: Yeah. In in order to, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, anyways yeah.
1: alright listeners thank you for joining us and Ragey Dusty was on her game and we love it and we um, <laughs> I have the sick pleasure of like either making her cry or <laughs> making her rage. so I don't know what that says about me but like <laughs> Like, yes, yes, ragey dusty. <laughs> I'm
0: so glad that you're going to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs>